When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. Let's turn this down a little bit. This is the week four college football reaction and recap show. And I missed a lot last night. I'm going to go ahead and be brutally honest with all of you. I was at the Steve Martin and Martin Short show at the Orpheum in Memphis last night. So I tried to catch up on as much as humanly possible last evening. Uh, Once I got home, I got up early this morning. I know that I'm going to have missed some things having not watched the majority of these things live. Right? So... Jump in the chat, help me out with all of this. Uh, We have not put together the most unlikely wins, although uh, Bill Conley put together a good list over on Twitter of the most unlikely wins. Uh, Let's go on and hit that before I I tell you all about the show, etc., etc. But yeah, this is, it it was another bonkers week. You know, it looked like it might be, eh, you know, maybe a sleepy Saturday, something along those lines. Uh, Nope, nope, not a sleepy Saturday at all. We had interesting things happen over and over and over again, but man, uh, you want to talk about just crazy ending after crazy ending, uh, it was it was bonkers, to say the least. Uh, here we go, here we go. All right, the most unlikely wins, let's go on and, and flip this over, and I might need to turn on another light so you can actually see me here. Texas Tech with a 2.4% postgame win expectancy over Texas that's bonkers. Uh, <laughs> won in overtime. Auburn, 9% over Missouri. Navy, only 20% over ECU. Uh, there's Ryan jumping in. Southern Miss over Tulane, most certainly. Uh, now, that one was not an unlikely win. Southern Miss, I believe, just handled that game. Uh, but that's one that I gave out on, on winning cures. Um, way to go, Kansas State. Jesse jumps in. Uh, yes. Uh, A&M over Arkansas was 33%. UCF over Georgia Tech was only 31%. Yeah, the stats on that were really weird. Really weird. Uh, and then, of course, Clemson over Wake was only 31%. UNLV, I felt like they kind of dominated that game a little bit, uh, but yet their stats show it was only a 34% win expectancy. Uh, Ohio over Fordham. Bleh, Purdue over FAU was 42%. But, of course, with Aiden O'Connell having his issue, uh, yeah, I mean, that was gonna that was going to be a little weird anyway. So... I, it was it was nonsense. It was a weird week. It is what it is. So, uh, let's go ahead and give you the details 
The show is brought to you. It's powered by BetUS, America's premier online sports book every single time out. By the way, this is episode 1001 of Winning Cures Everything. I am excited about it. I am pumped about it because that means that I've been doing this for a really, really long time. But I am uh, I'm excited because, man, we finally got uh, some teams that we thought might be a little bit overrated. Yeah, they, they showed exactly why we thought that. Uh, some other teams that we didn't know whether or not they were any good uh, finally showed up. <laughs> Kansas State, uh, Southern Miss finally got their win over Tulane. Tulane, of course, with that win last week over Kansas State. I mean, that was that win last week was just nuts to me because it felt so out of place. And yet, here we go, right? You finally see this week exactly what happened. So uh, we have got, by the way, I'm a little later on the show today, obviously, uh, <laughs> Steve Martin, Martin Short, last night, late evening. I was on, not on Bill Street, what is it, Main Street, downtown for a little while. Got home, stayed up until eh, 2.30 in the morning, trying to get caught up on what I missed as far as stats, etc. And uh, and then got up early this morning. So I am lacking in sleep. I do have my coffee, though. So we are good to roll. And with that, we will start off with game number one here. And let's dive in. The weirdest, most ridiculous stat of the evening. Oh, by the way, by the way, before I even write down the time, before I do anything like that, I tweeted out this morning, if you missed it, you can go back and check it. But closing line value matters. It's why getting your bets in at the earliest possible time matters. I bet Arkansas plus two and a half on Sunday. I gave it out on the show on Tuesday or Wednesday, and it was plus two at that point. It was a push. Right, It was a push on the show. It was a win for me just in my actual gambling. As far as Duke goes against Kansas, I bet Duke plus nine. By the time we had the show on Tuesday, it was already down to seven and a half. So I still gave it out at seven and a half. I thought it still had a good chance of hitting. But Duke loses the game by eight. So my bet wins, but what I gave out on the show lost. So my actual bets went five and two this week. But on the show, it was 3-3-1. There is just a hair of a difference in some of these games, right? Uh, It's nicer when you get, like, you bet Kansas State plus 13, and then they just went out right, right? I mean, you're talking about a 20-point difference there. So so those are nice, and we get those every now and then. But for the most part, you guys know, these sports books know exactly what's going on. They just do. They have been trained to do this forever and ever and ever. So... Uh, let's kick it off. Let's do this. And we will roll Texas A&M uh, 23, Arkansas 21. And goodness gracious, uh, you look at the total yards. You look at the stats. Uh, the rushing yards, Arkansas had 244 rushing yards. I mean, they they averaged 4.5 yards per rush. Now, A&M on the other side averaged 5.6 yards per rush. A&M put up 343 yards of offense. Jimbo had a plan in this game. Now, I went back and watched uh, the majority of this, but some of what we saw in this game was just crazy stuff happening at the most ridiculous times. For example, you go over to the game drives. Right, we'll do we'll do play-by-play. Uh, but this, this t- fumble return touchdown, where Arkansas was up 14-13, to and they were driving. 
that 12 plays 72 yards on this. They drove all the way down to uh, the A&M three. And then an 82-yard fumble return for Texas A&M. I mean, just, just bananas. Like, I just do not understand. And, 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 of course, it was a handoff. It was just a weird, weird play. Uh, in the second half, A&M goes up 23-14 to 14, uh, on a field goal. And then you finally get Arkansas a 13-place, 74-yard drive that they finally finished. And you finally get an A&M missed field goal. You get an Arkansas missed field goal. And that's how the game ends. Because you, it's not like this was some super long field goal. This thing bounced off the right upright, off the top of the right upright, and fell forward instead of backwards. So that's how we end up losing the game. Arkansas had opportunity after opportunity in this spot and just could not get it done. Uh, Cheers to Texas A&M because after that loss to App State, with the way that the offense looked, I mean, it continued to look that bad against Miami last week. Uh, If they had continued to play like that, yeah, they'd be in a whole mess of trouble. But this may have saved their recruiting class for next year. It might have saved their current recruiting class. Uh, there's all kind of things that that it saved by winning this ball game. And Arkansas, you know, first loss of the year. They are not going to be in the top 10 this week. But Arkansas has Alabama this week. A&M has Alabama in two weeks. So, interesting spots for both of those teams. Uh, but yes, this was... Just bananas. If you look at the the post-game win expectancy, uh, the win probability, how much it shifted right there, I mean, it's just crazy. Just crazy. And you can see on the expected points, the play right there where it shifts and it goes all the way down. Yeah, that is, of course, the fumble return for the touchdown. (laughs) You can absolutely see it. Uh, So, yeah, when when you look at this, uh, Arkansas had more plays per drive. They had more yards per drive. Uh, they got 67% of the available yards. I, it was it was nuts because I felt like Arkansas should have won that football game. And yet, here we are. Here we are. Sometimes you don't always win. And that is the way it goes when you play in tight, contested ball games. Cheers um, to A&M, though. I mean, this was, this was huge for them. Absolutely huge for them. Uh, I mean, this game right here could be the difference between winning, you know, nine or ten games and barely scraping by to make it to a bowl game. That's that's how big that game was. Arkansas, I think, on the other hand, good showing. Still got a lot to work with going forward. Um, but yeah, first loss of the season is always going to stink. Moving along, Tennessee and Florida. Tennessee 38, Florida 33. And, geez, uh Boy, the Vols really wanted to make this one a ball game, didn't they? Uh, Florida, you know, they they went up uh, thirty-eight to I want to say twenty-one. Uh, I, I tried to watch the majority of this one. Um, Anthony Richardson, by the way, here let's pull up these stats: twenty-four out of forty-four for four hundred and fifty-three yards with two touchdowns and one pick. Like he had not thrown a single passing touchdown all year. And then he comes in and throws 453 yards. Uh, he ran 17 times for 62 yards and two touchdowns. Like, he he took over the game on offense for the Gators. I mean, it was just, uh, it was it was not expected. I will say that. It was definitely not expected uh, what he ended up putting up. 
but this was this was such a strange game. Yeah, 38 to 21. But then Florida marches right back down the field in 10 plays, 78 yards in three minutes. Tennessee turns the ball over on downs. Florida comes back, scores another touchdown. Seven plays, 71 yards in less than a minute. And they get the ball back. Like on an onside kick with 17 seconds left. And they're down at the Tennessee 39 with a chance to win the game. Like who could have possibly seen that coming? Uh, The stats would have not told you that this would have been likely uh, at all. At least the raw stats on the season. But Billy Napier, uh, props to him for having a plan in place to be able to combat this. I thought that they were going to slow this thing down. Like, I thought they were going to do everything that they could to slow it down. And and they really did in the first half, right? Uh, because they, I mean, it was 17-14 to 14 at the half. And that was only because Tennessee scored at the very end of the half. Um, but when you look at it, I mean, as far as team stats go... Yeah, Florida held on to the ball for 35 minutes. Uh, they they ran pretty well, 42 times here. Uh, but Tennessee did the same thing. They were just a lot faster, a lot faster. This was this was a strange game. I mean, Florida outgained Tennessee, 594 to 576. <laughs> just just bonkers. Tennessee, a lot of uh, standard down uh, success, especially since they only had nine third downs on the day. Uh, Florida was 7 out of 15 on third down. I mean, just just crazy. So I think, actually, in this game, uh, both teams come out feeling pretty good. And and you guys that are in the chat, of course, I mean, jump in with stuff that I have missed. I mean, like I said, I, I did not get to see everything live yesterday. Um, but I wish I had, because, my gosh. I, I watched the end of this game, uh, and I watched the majority of it live. But some of these other ones, I I will not have. So, uh, but yeah, props to Florida, props to Tennessee. Florida, I know, is 2-2, two and two, but your losses are to Kentucky and Tennessee. Those are, those are rough. Florida's had a really difficult schedule uh, outside of USF, which, I mean, they made difficult on themselves. But regardless, uh, in Tennessee, I mean, you're sitting at 4-0. Oh, uh, you got LSU. You got Alabama coming up. Anything's possible, right? It's the... The KG thing. Anything is possible. Uh, Let's see. All right, moving along. Moving along. Kansas State, 41. Oklahoma, 34. I am shocked at this one. Um, I just, I, I look at this, and I cannot figure out for the life of me. Now, I, I will tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what happened here. Kansas State was looking ahead to this Oklahoma game. And that's why they lost to Tulane last week. That's In my head, that is exactly what went on here. Kleiman and Colin Klein and that bunch were geared up for Oklahoma because they thought that they could just walk in and get a win over Tulane. And that turned out not to be the case because it turns out Kansas State is not overly talented. So, yeah, you're not going to be able to do that all the time. Adrian Martinez in this game, 21 out of 34 passing. Like, that is, you, I would have never guessed in a million years that that would have come out of Adrian Martinez. Regardless, 21 out of 34 passing, 234 yards, one touchdown here. 21 rushes for 148 yards, and then Deuce Vaughn, 25 for 116. Okay, this is against the Brent Venables defense. 
that Kansas State put up 509 total yards. They held the ball for 35 minutes. They were extremely successful. Just just unbelievably successful. 8 out of 17 on third down, 2 out of 2 on fourth down. Um, They had 6.1 yards per play. Now, Oklahoma was able to put up a lot of yards. You know, they put up 550 themselves, 330 of it through the air. They were able to run for 220. But this game, like... Kansas State kind of did whatever they wanted to. They were able to get this win, and that's three out of four for Kansas State over Oklahoma. Now, I understand that two of those were against Lincoln Riley. I get that. But Chris Kleiman figured out as soon as he got to the Big 12, okay, that's that's the team that we got to beat. That's the ones that we got to focus on. Nothing else matters if we don't beat them. So we got to beat them. And that's what they've done. I mean, just a fascinating, fascinating football game. Uh, No turnovers. Like, this was not something that Oklahoma just fumbled away. It was not some fluke. It was not, you know, any of that. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, 26 out of 39, four touchdowns, 330 yards. I mean, he put up bonkers numbers. Eric Gray, 16 carries for 114. Like, this this is just a strange situation because you would look at these two teams and you think that Oklahoma is just the significantly more talented team. And... It turns out, maybe they're not. I mean, maybe they're not at all. Uh, You could see where this thing shifted. I mean, just right in the middle of the game, uh, you go back and look at the play-by-play data, and you can tell. I mean, Kansas State came out early, and they went up 14 to nothing. Oklahoma roaring back 14 to 14. Kansas State 21 to 14. Uh, And then it's 24 to 17 at the half. Like, it, it was... It was just a back-and-forth game, and Kansas State traded blows. Kansas State traded blows with Oklahoma all night long. And Adrian Martinez was the hero. <laughs> like that's This is not a common thing. We, we saw that at Nebraska over and over and over again. Uh, I, I can't stress how big of a deal this is. Because Kansas State, you look at what they've got coming up now. Now, of course, we don't know which effort we're going to get week in and week out because, you see, they lost at home to Tulane, then go on the road and win at Oklahoma. But now you got Texas Tech this week. 11 a.m. kickoff. It's at home. Texas Tech just beat Texas. After that, you got Iowa State. You got at TCU. You got Oklahoma State. You got Te- I mean, this is I, – I will tell you, what I learned yesterday is that in the Big 12, anything can happen this year. There is, there's no predicting this. Because I think all of these teams are very, very equal. It's it's going to be strange. A very strange season in the Big 12 for sure. Because I am just... I was I was floored that Kansas State was able to win that game. I, I thought maybe they could like cover the 13. I didn't think they could win. And that's what really shocked me on that one. Really shocked me. Let's talk about Clemson. Clemson 51, Wake Forest 45. Now, I watched this game and could not, for the life of me, understand how Wake Forest was having success. And I texted Parker, and Parker explained it very simply to me. He told me that Wake Forest has NFL wide receivers. And it, it, it that's exactly what happened. They were able to uh, move around on the outside and kind of do what they wanted, right? Like, they they really won these, the 50-50 balls, 
turned into 70-30 balls for Wake Forest. That's what happened. And and they did it over and over and over again. Sam Hartman, 20 out of 29, 337 yards and six touchdowns. Like that, that Clemson secondary had some issues. Just major league issues. So it, it's it's very, very interesting what went on in this. Uh, DJ Uyunglele, 26 out of 41 for 371 yards and five touchdowns. So just a great day for both quarterbacks. Absolutely great day for both quarterbacks. I was, I was happy. I was excited for DJ because that's what you've been looking for out of him. And it's not like he had, you know, great throw after great throw. But that's... That's what he did, right? So it was Will Shipley, 20 carries for 104 yards. I really thought that they would ride him more. Um, but when it came down to it, I mean, they only averaged 4.2 yards per play, uh, yards per rush, excuse me. Um, as far as yards per play, I mean, they had 6.5 and Wake had 6.6. So, yeah, it was it was tricky. It was a weird, weird game. But you look at, you know, the win probability just shifting back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I'll tell you, as crazy as that is, as bad as my handicap was on this game, if Clemson had gotten that two-point conversion in overtime, I cover the seven. So, so I was this close to being six and one on the day instead of three, three and one on the Bet US College Football Show. Just absurd, absolutely absurd. All right, uh, we're gonna hit on Texas Tech and Texas right after this. Let's check out some things you should know about. College football is back, and BetUS TV has you covered. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, we've got expert game analysis to help you make informed decisions before kickoff, only on the BetUS TV College Football Channel. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, gambling picks, merch, the gear we use, and more. If you want more content from me, Gary, visit BetUSTV.com. I host the How to Gamble on Sports Show and, from August through January, the BetUS College Football Show. You can subscribe to both on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and more. Visit winningcureseverything.com slash store to see what all we've added. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, back to the show. All right, Texas Tech and Texas. 
Now, we, we have talked about this multiple times, about which version of Texas are we going to get here. Uh, 82 Atlantic jumps in. Great win for Texas Tech, especially since UT might never return to Lubbock. That is a valid point. That is a valid point. This was the last one. And I think you're going to see this with Oklahoma and Texas multiple times this year. Uh, from what I can tell, uh, people are fired up when they come to their place because it ain't that long before the Longhorns and the Sooners head over to the SEC. Uh, this was, I, I've said this over and over and over again, right? Donovan Smith is maybe the most high-variance player that you have in the country. With that Zach Kitley offense and what they are doing with him, they did not plan on him even being the starter. Like, Tyler Shuck was the starter. He is the better passer. And yet, you look at this, and just the stats were were mind-blowing. Smith ran 15 times for 42 yards. That is not usual, right? Typically, he he has more yards, et cetera, so Texas was able to key in on him. Um, but passing, 38 out of 56 for 331 yards and two touchdowns. Like, Texas was not able to get home on him and really make him uncomfortable. Like he just, he flung the ball around. It, it, it floored me when I saw what ended up happening at the end of this game. Um, Texas only got into the red zone twice. They went two for two. Texas Tech got there six times. They went five out of six. Like, Texas didn't hold on to the football. They had two fumbles. Uh, well, two two turnovers, excuse me. Uh, one was an interception. Hudson Card, 20 out of 30, 277 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And this is the reason why uh, Steve Sarkeesian wanted Quinn Ewers to play, right? It, there's just not as much explosiveness from Hudson Card as there is with Quinn Ewers. And that, I mean, that's the bottom line. That's the way it goes. Uh, Xavier Worthy, only three catches for 50 yards, one touchdown. Um, I think that he, I think he may have gotten hurt in this game. I think he limped around at, at one point, so I, I didn't see anything official on it. Um, but obviously that's going to hurt you when one of your most explosive players is, is out for the game. Uh, or doesn't play well. How's that? He just, he's not as useful. Uh, but yeah, this was, this was a weird, weird game to me. Uh, when you look at win probability, when you look at just everything, uh, the, the field position, about even, uh, plays per drive. I mean, Texas Tech was able to sustain drives against that Texas defense. Like, how how are you going to... How can you build this culture at Texas, right? And I know that we should be focusing on Texas Tech because they did amazing things. Obviously, Joey McGuire has, has really built up the culture in this place already. Like, they are fired up down there in a way that they haven't been in a long time. But but at the end of the day, like, Texas has got to figure some things out because it does not get easier for them down the road, right? Yeah, I understand that they've already played Alabama. You got that one out of the way. Uh, you, find, you, beat te- or excuse me, you beat UTSA. You lose to Texas Tech. Well, now West Virginia comes in next week. Uh, now you got Oklahoma coming in after that. Or you obviously play that in Dallas, but... Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU, Kansas, Baylor. There's not an easy game left on the schedule. Like People would have said that Texas Tech was the one that you had to win, even on the road. I'm telling you, the Big 12 is going to go nuts. Um, (laughs) 
82 Atlantic jumps in. Was Tech Coach using analytics to constantly go for it on fourth down? Yes. Yes. 100% Joey McGuire has the book. And he goes by it. Um, and I think it's smart. Like, obviously it's smart. Like, in a, in a chance, or in a game like that, you absolutely have to give yourself every opportunity to win. Right? Looking at the team stats here. Uh, six out of eight on fourth down. You're extending drives. Like, you're you're keeping the ball away from Texas in their explosive offense. Don't give Bijan Robinson more chances than you have to, right? Uh, but six out of eight, yeah. I mean, it's it, yes, absolutely he was using the book, and, and I can't fault him for it because you're already at a disadvantage when you are at Texas Tech when you're going against Texas. Take every shot you can. Like, it, every, every opportunity that you don't go for it, that's an opportunity wasted. So, yeah, that was a big, big part of this game. But they trusted Donovan Smith. They let him cook. It was awesome. Like, I, I can't even begin to explain how, how big this is for Texas Tech uh, and what they're, what they're trying to build there. So, uh, we'll move on. What a, what a fascinating game this was in the morning. Michigan 34, Maryland 27, and man, uh, I just, I didn't see this one coming. Uh, especially when Michigan kicks off, there's a fumble, and then Michigan scores like three seconds into the game. Yeah, didn't see this one uh, ending up coming down to just a touchdown, right? Uh, especially considering that Michigan's offense, you know, played relatively well. Uh, I thought that their defense did not look very good at all. Uh, when you when you look at the stats over at Game on Paper, it, the EPA per play, like Maryland was pretty good there. Success rate, 79th percentile yesterday. 48% success rate for Maryland. Uh, yards per play, 5.44. Like, they they were able to have success against Michigan. That That doesn't bode well. Now, obviously, Michigan is going to play Iowa next week. So they have time to get things figured out. But I, I'm trying to figure out what the narrative is here. It, it, are we looking at a Maryland team that is rapidly improving? Or has Michigan come back down? Right? And obviously, I think that Michigan is coming back down a little bit. Because, I mean, last year was just, that's so tough to attain again. But when you look at it, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy that this is a team that Michigan has just throttled year after year after year. Does it mean that Michigan, who was up here, is coming back down a level? Or that Maryland, who was down here, is coming up a level? Like, is Maryland going to be competing with Penn State? And et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Mick Stevens jumps in. You can bet that Texas is not returning to Lubbock. It, agreed. Agreed. Like, there are, there are some games that they might try and find a way to schedule. Lubbock ain't going to be one of them. You can forget that. You can forget that. Uh, but as far as Michigan goes, I, I look at J.J. McCarthy, and I wonder how much of this was, like, just a shock to the system of, hey, we're actually playing an actual FBS football team, like a competent team that actually has threats. I wonder if that's part of it. Because this was... This was different. This was weird. So, eh. I mean, I, I look at this and and I do question a few things, right? I, I do question, like, 
why were they not able to put up more points? Or why was their defense not able to get a stop when they needed to? Like, it was just a, a strange overall day because it, they trade field goals, and it's just back and forth, back and forth early. Uh, 82 Atlantic, do you think Michigan got complacent for playing three preseason games in non-con? Yeah, that's, that's basically what I'm saying is when you played teams that did not offer any kind of threat, right? It was uh, Hawaii, UConn, and I forget the other one, but oh, Colorado State. It, three of the worst teams in FBS this year. There was never a chance that you were going to lose those games. If you, and I don't know that it's necessarily complacency, is that you're now seeing something that you haven't seen, right? The the only thing close to this is what you actually see in practice. In in practice, it, it's just not quite the same. Uh, Trevor Shackelford, a lot of missed holding calls in Maryland uh, on Maryland in that game made me laugh when they showed the zero penalties graphic. But always, uh, or anyway, Terps got a good offense. JJ made a ton of mistakes. I think. Just surviving this one is is good, right? Uh, J.J. McCarthy is still learning on the job. He's still figuring this thing out. So I don't know that we're, you know, I, I don't know that this is a bad situation. I think next week against Iowa is going to be very interesting for McCarthy in that defense. Uh, well, excuse me, J.J. McCarthy's offense against that Iowa defense. Iowa's defense is legit. They are absolutely legit. They can bait you into stuff that you don't want to do. We're going to see if he throws a bunch of picks, et cetera, uh, because that that could get very questionable very quickly. Uh, 18 out of 26 for 220 yards and two touchdowns for J.J. I mean, it wasn't awful. Uh, Talia Tungvaloa, two interceptions in the game. Like, you you knew that that was... <laughs> you knew that was coming uh, because he, he does believe that he can thread the needle on every single throw like every single one of them uh but yeah that was just a, a weird weird game because I expected Michigan to blow them out of the water uh and they were not able to do that at all all right moving along USC 17 Oregon State 14 and if you were able to watch this well that means you have a weird cable plan my friends because I could not get this one anywhere I followed along on Twitter, just like everybody else. So then I had to go back and watch uh, replays and highlights. And I was able to follow along on the play-by-play to get an idea of what went on. And what went on here is that USC, again, was the benefactor of multiple turnovers. Uh, You look at the team stats here. Four turnovers, and it was four interceptions from Nolan. I mean, I. <laughs> this is a guy that does not turn the football over. And yet they were able to get turnovers out of him. Like it, I don't understand it. 17 out of 29, 167 yards, and four interceptions. And, and it's not like Caleb Williams played well. 16 out of 36, one touchdown, 180 yards. Like it, Travis Dye saved him with his running. 19 carries, 133 yards. Other than that, I mean, these team stats are crazy. Uh, 357 yards for USC, 320 for Oregon State. I expected not immaculate offenses, but really efficient offenses because I did not think either of these defenses was very good. And yet both of the defenses showed up pretty well. And USC, I think they're plus 14 on the season in turnover margin. With no giveaways? 
How long can this possibly continue? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, third down efficiency. I mean, the USC, 9 out of 18, even with not great yardage, they were still able to be efficient. Two out of three on fourth down. Okay. Like, it's just weird. Like, I, everything about this was was strange to me. Just just strange. Because I expected a lot more points. This was ten or 7 to 3 at the half. It was 7 to 3 heading into the fourth quarter. Somebody knows something, I guess. I, I don't know nothing about this. I cannot figure it out. Um, but when, I mean, you look at the, the win probability, I mean, it is just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The expected points is all over the place. And neither team played like particularly well. And yet USC comes out with another win. Uh, looking at who they have next. And this is why Fox or ESPN did not pick up this game. You get Arizona State next, which they'll win that game. Uh, Washington State after that, Utah, Arizona could be interesting, I guess. UCLA is later on down the line. Notre Dame. like Fox and ESPN want to be able to show USC as much as possible heading down the stretch because I, I, think, I think USC will be undefeated going to Utah. I mean, they get Washington State at home. They don't have to go to the Palouse. So that's that's certainly something. Um, just just a weird game. I mean, they found a way to, as it says here, USC grinds out comeback victory. Like Jordan Addison and Caleb Williams and, and Mario Williams, I mean, just all of them are fantastic. They're fantastic football players. You leave them in a game too long, they're going to find a way to come back. Just, just crazy. Just crazy. Uh, let's do this one. Hey, uh, Miami, what are you guys doing? I understand you went to A&M last week, but th- this is not what we expected. Uh, <laughs> Mario Cristobal, just bananas. Uh, Middle Tennessee wins this game, 45-31. to 31. It-, it was 24-10 it was to 10 at the half. And every time Miami tried to answer, every time they tried to get something going, Middle Tennessee found a way to come back. And, I mean, Cunningham was was the dude at quarterback. 16 completions out of 25 attempts for 408 yards. They had a 98-yard pass, a 69-yard pass, an 89-yard pass. Just insane. Insane. Uh, 82 Atlantic jumps in. USC is prone to random upset when they are highly ranked uh, like they've been for the past decade. Yeah. I, I think this team's a little different, though. Just a little different. Now, Miami, same thing. When they are ranked, they are prone to an upset. I did not think it would come at the hands of Middle Tennessee State. Or Middle Tennessee. I think they got rid of the state. I don't remember. Regardless, you look at these numbers. Tyler Van Dyke. Like, they have got this guy just all kinds of confused. He is not playing the same way that he did last year. 16 out of 32 passing for 138 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. They bring in Jake Garcia, 10 out of 19 for 169 yards. At least he didn't throw any picks. But the biggest problem that I had in this game was 38 rushes for 60 yards. That's 1.6 yards per clip against Middle Tennessee. When you are Miami, I, I, I don't understand. Like, I, I understand Middle Tennessee only running for 2.8 yards a clip. I don't understand Miami. How, how does this happen? 
Like I, Miami has three turnovers in the game. Middle Tennessee has one. Uh, you look at the efficiency. Middle Tennessee was only three out of twelve on third down. It was nothing crazy. Uh, do you think Cristobal should start Jake Garcia against UNC? At this point, they might because Tyler Van Dyke is not getting it done. But I wonder how much of that is him trying to figure out Gaddis's offense, right? And how much of it is actually Gaddis's offense and how much is Cristobal wanting to be insanely conservative? That's, I mean, that's the biggest question here. So it's this is going to be a weird, weird situation going forward because Tyler Van Dyke, I mean, he was all ACC. He was uh, expected to be like an NFL draft pick. Da, 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 da. And we have problems now with this bunch. I mean, it is... It, this is not a situation that I'm sure Miami wants to be in um, because you're, you're done with your non-conference now. You know, North Carolina at Virginia Tech, that defense is, is you know, they got some ideas. Duke is not bad. Uh, at Virginia, eh, they should win that. Florida State, I mean, there's still games on the schedule that they can win regardless of who plays quarterback, but they have they have some problems. They have some issues. Uh, let's hit on, eh, you know, we're reaching on, on 40 minutes. Uh, we're going to hit on Baylor and Iowa State right after this. Let's check out some things you should know about. Follow the show on Twitter at Winning Cures. And you can follow Gary at Gary WCE. You can also follow on Facebook. Got your own podcast or web show? Looking to start one? Or you're just curious how we look and sound so good? Well, we've got all the gear that we use listed on our gear page on the website. If you order using our links, you'll be supporting the show, too. Subscribe on YouTube to get not only full Winning Cures Everything shows, but individual segments and other goodies as well. We're over 6,000 subscribers, and our goal by the end of the year is 7,500. If you're interested in advertising on a show that reaches over 80,000 unique football fans per month during the season, send an email to Gary at winningcureseverything.com and we'll put together a plan that best fits you or your business. And now, back to the show. All right. Baylor 31, Iowa State 24. And what a... what I'm not going to call it a screw job, but... The officiating was questionable in this game. I think that's the easiest way that we can put that, right? Uh, started out weird. You got targeting calls that, I mean, it was just a picture-perfect tackle. Uh, you just had weird things happen in this ballgame. And Baylor, I mean, to their credit, was able to capitalize, and they took advantage of the situation, and they were able to get a win. Iowa State, in this spot, this is the Iowa State that that we've kind of grown accustomed to, right? Two turnovers in this game. Um, you look at the play-by-play here. We're going to pull it up on the screen for you. Uh, you look at this, and interception that did not lead to points, but then you have an interception that did lead to points. Uh, it made it 31-14, to 14, and then they were able to fight their way back. But at that point, I mean, it was too little too late, right? Like Baylor, as far as the score goes, basically dominated this game. Uh, it was it was rough to watch because I, I mean we we could have had Iowa State and Kansas undefeated next week, and I I really thought that game day might go there. And instead, game day is going to NC State and Clemson. I guess, uh, <laughs> I, I, like 
I don't know. I'm just I'm kind of tired of Clemson at this point. Uh, Hunter Deckers, 23 out of 36, 284 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Brock, 14 carries for 73 yards. Uh, you know, Baylor, able to run the ball. Like, 42 carries for 123 yards. Like, not bad. Blake Shapin was the surprise of the day to me. 19 out of 26, 238 yards, three touchdowns. He didn't miss much. He was pretty good in this spot. And when you go back and look at just... It, the, the game seemed closer than it really was for a long time until Baylor was able to take advantage and go up, you know, 31 to uh, thirty-one to 14 late. But it felt pretty even. I mean, yards per drive, uh, there was an eight-yard difference. Iowa State, 48. Uh, Baylor, 54. Plays per drive, pretty even. Both a, a little over eight. Uh, this was, you know, not bad. Not a not a bad game at all. I think Iowa State is better than what they showed, most certainly. But Baylor found a way to get it done. And cheers to them for getting a road win after losing to BYU a couple of weeks ago. They come out and they actually trust Shapin in big time spots, and that was important, like just incredibly important. So props to them for getting that thing done because man, it could have been a long road to hoe if they had not finished uh, this one off. Uh, Baylor. Coming up next, Oklahoma State next week at West Virginia. Then you got Kansas at Texas Tech at Oklahoma. I'm telling you, the Big 12 is just a disaster for everybody this year. Like, it is, <laughs> these are these are really good football teams. And they are going to be just beating each other senseless week after week after week. And I cannot wait to watch this. Because it, every week is going to be fantastic games. Like, I, I've got no idea. Who I should be, uh, who I should be betting on, or or any of that right now? Because these teams are nuts, absolutely nuts. So, uh, props to Baylor for getting that done. I mean, good gracious, that was uh, that was something else. Uh, staying in the Big Twelve, hey, you know what? We got to talk about them. I mean, why why not just bring it on up? Kansas, Kansas gets a big time win, thirty five to twenty seven over Duke, and this one. Uh, I mean, let's let's just be real here. Uh, Jalen Daniels is the guy. He's the dude. There's nothing that I can say that will ever be enough to explain how awesome this guy is at football. 19 out of 23 for 324 yards and four touchdowns. He made a throw at the end of the first half where he looked like he was scrambling. And he had a guy that was running, uh, not a fade route, but he was running into the end zone. And Jalen Daniels is backing up, and his feet are not even close to set. And this dude had the arm strength and the accuracy to put that thing right on the money in the corner of the end zone, where, where his guy could reach out in stride and catch the football. It was one of the most perfect throws that I have ever seen, and I immediately knew that my Duke plus 7.5 that I gave out on the BetUS College Football Show was donezo because there's no stopping this guy. My reasoning for my handicap was Houston and West Virginia and uh, Tennessee Tech. When they went up against Jalen Daniels, they did not have anything that could slow down the rushing game of Kansas, right? The the zone 
running scheme that Lance Leipold is running here. The the RPO stuff, just the all the crazy motions and the jet sweeps and the blah blah blah, all that stuff. Nobody had been able to defend it. So Jalen Daniels never had to worry as far as passing the football. Right? It, it wasn't any big deal because they were going to be able to run it anyway, right? Like he could sit back because people would key in so much on the run that he'd be able to find wide open guys anyway. This was a different deal. This was completely different because Jalen Daniels can absolutely read the field. He can throw the void. In this game, 11 attempts rushing for 83 yards. Yes, that's still really, really good. I get that. But when I look at it, uh, it lets me know that he was not so focused on running the football. He just took what the defense gave him, right? They still had 39 carries for 204 yards. They averaged over five yards a carry, did Kansas. So Duke did a pretty decent job. But man, this offense is something else. And and where I thought, eh, you know, Kansas, yeah, they're going to hit their win, over, or win total over. And I think they're going to be a really competitive team, but they're not quite there yet. I was wrong. When you've got the quarterback, you are competitive as far as the conference goes. You have a chance in every single game. There's not a single game on this schedule that Duke play, or that uh, Kansas plays that I don't think they got a shot to win. Not a single one. They play Iowa State this week at home. They play TCU after that. They play Oklahoma. They play at Baylor. Uh, they play Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas, Kansas State. I think they can win. They can win all of them. I'm not predicting that they win all of them. But there's not one that they can't win. As long as you got the quarterback, you are going to be successful. And they got that dude. I mean, Jalen Daniels is just something else. I just, I just, I can't even explain it. Uh, looking at, at the box score, by the way, little props to Duke. Of course, Riley Leonard has just been awesome this year. 24 out of 35 for 324 yards and one touchdown. Uh, he also had 10 carries for 54 yards. He was their leading rusher as well. And Duke played well, and yet they were not enough against Kansas at all. Uh, they they had a shot late. Uh, you look at the play-by-play here, of course. Um, and by the way, everybody that said that Kansas did get in the end zone on that first drive, etc., I get it. I understand where you're coming from. I know it was a bad spot, whatever. Uh, that was still a Duke stop. They did a pretty good job of getting that stop there. So, uh, But looking at it, you, you go down and, I mean, it is 28 to 13, then it's 28 to 20, and then it's 35 to 20. Every time Duke responded, Kansas was able to respond as well. Um, this is how close we were, right? It's 35 to 27. Duke has the ball. And it is fourth and seven at the Kansas 31. So we're that close to maybe going to overtime in this thing. Who knows? Who knows what could have happened? But regardless, Kansas finds a way to get it done again. When you got the quarterback, you got a shot in every game. You can win every game on that schedule. Now, let's move along. We, uh, we're we going to hit just a few more right quick. We won't spend as long on these, but I did want to make sure that I hit them. Uh, Oregon, 44, Washington State, 41. Okay, Uh I, this was, this was weird. This was so weird. This was a, what, 17 to 9 game? 
yeah, 17 to 9 at the half. And that was because of a Bo Nix interception, returned for a touchdown. And in the second half, not just the second half, in the fourth quarter, uh, Oregon went crazy. I mean, just absolutely crazy. Uh, you move along, second half, and Oregon comes out, scores a touchdown. Washington State, of course, responds. 20 to 15. Well, then Washington State drives down the field and puts up 27 to 15. And then it gets crazy. Oregon with a night, or excuse me, a 10 play, 84 yard drive for a touchdown to make it 27 to 22. Washington State then returns fire a couple drives later, 12 plays, 81 yards, 34 to 22. And it gets nuts. Because Oregon drives back down the field, 11 plays, 75 yards. Washington State has to punt. Oregon goes up, 37 to 34. Then you have a pick six return. And then Washington State comes back down and scores to make it 44 to 41. It was nuts. Bo Nix in this game. Uh, I mean, just, just insane. 33 out of 44, 428 yards, three touchdowns. He did have the one pick six, right? Cam Ward. 37 out of 48 for 375 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. This was a perfect back and forth. In Oregon, it took Kenny Dillingham's offense that long to figure out how to attack this Washington State defense. But once they figured it out, that was all she wrote. There was nothing Washington State was going to be able to do offensively to be able to hang with them because Oregon got this thing moving, absolutely moving. 32 carries, 178 yards on the ground. Uh, but receiving, 446 yards receiving. I mean, just Bo Nix figured out exactly what to do here. Uh, this was not one of those crazy Bo Nix run-around games. He he had six carries for 30 yards in this. Um, I mean, just crazy. Uh, Johnny Cash <laughs> jumps in. Johnny Cash, woo pig He said, fire Pittman, garbage coach. Uh, there was some crazy stuff that happened in the game. Uh, go back to the early part. I talked about it. Uh, 82 Atlantic. Bo Nix finally won a game on the road. I mean, he's won games on the road. It's just that before this game, when he goes on the road or to a neutral site, he had 16 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. But at home, he had 30 touchdowns and only two interceptions. So the road home splits were crazy. This was uh, this was nuts. I mean, just absolutely nuts. So uh, props to Oregon for getting it done. Props to Washington State for putting up a fight for sure and for getting me the uh, the cover on Three Dog Thursday. But uh, but crazy. I mean, just a. Uh, just a nuts, nuts performance from both sides. And this is why people take a lot of like first half unders and stuff like that is because you know in the fourth quarter things can get haywire. I mean, this it was 29 to 14 in the fourth quarter. Like fourth quarter alone. <laughs> it's just, just crazy. Uh, ay, ay, ay. All right, let's hit on a few more right quick. Just real, you know, basic stuff. Uh, I'm not planning on clipping these or anything like that. So uh, Auburn, 17 to 14. Uh, Missouri, uh, dropping the football on the way into the end zone in overtime for what would have been a win and likely a Brian Harson firing. Okay. I just, uh, Auburn did not look good. They scored 14 points in the first quarter and then did not score again until they kicked a field goal in overtime. And honestly, they missed the first field goal in overtime, and Missouri was offsides. So they got to try it again, and then they made it. With Missouri, of course, they miss a field goal at the end of regulation from like 29 yards out, 
It's like neither team wanted to win this game. You had multiple opportunities for both of them, and nobody wanted to win it. So I, I just I could not, for the life of me, understand uh, what either side was doing. Uh, <laughs> Holy Sal jumps in! What a bad game! It was it was putrid. It was putrid. If you look at the team stats, uh, three hundred twelve yards of offense for Missouri, two hundred seventeen for Auburn. Like Robbie Ashford is not the answer at all. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I know T.J. Finley was out for this game, but man, uh, Zach Calzada is injured. Like it's it's not good. It is not good. Uh, Cook for Missouri. I mean, I don't think he's the answer either. Uh, Pete, by the way, the uh, the running back for Missouri, twenty carries, one hundred ten yards. I was uh, I was a little shocked, a little bit shocked. Uh, Johnny Cash, Whoopie Suey said, "Done with this team." Uh, or yeah, done with this team until we get a coach that knows football. Let's go Hogs and basketball, <laughs> man. That, the Arkansas fans giving it rough to Sam Pittman. He has rebuilt that program, and they he is this guy is not happy. I understand your pain, but <laughs> Arkansas football only wins five games, ah, and it is a tough schedule. We shall see. Uh, as far as Auburn goes, Robbie Ashford, uh, fifteen carries for forty six yards. Tank Bigsby, nineteen carries for forty four yards. If Missouri can key in. On if they can key in and stop Tank Bigsby, then what are the rest of the teams in the SEC going to do? Like for Auburn, it does not get easier. I know that they've got three wins now. They're three and one as it sits. You got LSU coming into town. You got Georgia. You got Ole Miss after that. Arkansas, Mississippi State, A&M, Western Kentucky is not bad. And then you play at Alabama. Like this is going to get ugly because if you can't get Tank Bigsby going, you have no passing offense. I, I love this. Holy Sal. Zach uh, Calzada hurt himself playing wiffle ball is the rumor. Boy, w- wouldn't that just be... If if we could have a 30 for 30 on the Harson career. Just good gracious. Ugh. All right. So let's uh, let's take a stab at... Da, da, da. Let's take a stab at this one. Uh, TCU. The uh, Battle for the Iron Skillet. TCU 42, SMU 34. And... Uh, this went back and forth more than I thought it would. More than I thought it would. Uh, this was just a crazy ball game. Uh, you look at the team stats. 487 yards total offense for TCU. 476 for SMU. Uh, SMU was 4 out of 4 on 4th down. I mean, <laughs> holy Sal jumps in. I can see Auburn not winning again. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Shackelford, when I saw Auburn go up 14 to nothing, I said game over Mizzou, and I didn't switch back until Mizzou missed that last second field goal. Yeah, uh, I really thought that Auburn was just going to run away with it, but it did not happen. Uh, as far as TCU goes, Max Duggan uh, felt like he was going to run away with this thing. Uh, 22 out of 29 passing, 278 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he had 10 carries rushing for negative 11 yards. I did not expect that. Uh, Miller for TCU. 17 carries for 142 yards and one touchdown. Demarcato, I hope I say that right, six carries for 64 yards. Uh, now, <laughs> one of those was a 63-yarder, so obviously this is in context. Um, but they had just explosive plays, like an 80-yard pass, 22-yard, 15, 18, 13, 12, 19. Uh, everybody had a long pass reception for TCU. And it was kind of the same thing for SMU. Like, Rhett Lashley was able to figure out some things eventually because TCU was up 28-14 to at the half, and this thing got to be a little bit closer here. Um, But TCU, like, they're explosive. Sonny Dykes has figured some things out there, and they were able to do some things defensively 
that they weren't able to do last year. It's like TCU is actually putting forth a little bit of effort, for sure. Uh, so it's it, it's it's weird. It's weird, but it was a it was a fun game. It was a fun game for sure. Um, moving along, let's see. Ah, yes, Minnesota thirty four and Michigan State seven. Uh, this one, guys, this is brutal. This is brutal, uh, which, by the way, 82 Atlantic jumps in. I'm sure Boise will take Harson back with open arms. Yeah, uh, because it ain't going well for Andy Avalos at all. I didn't have that to talk about on here, but, man. Um, looking at the team stats here for Michigan State and Minnesota, uh, this is just as bad as it gets. If you're Michigan State, 240 yards of offense, that's one thing, because that was routine under Mike D'Antonio. Total yards for Minnesota, though, was 508. They had 240 yards rushing. They they averaged five yards a clip on 48 rushing attempts. Uh, Michigan State turned the ball over three times. Like, and two of them were Peyton Thorne. Like, this is, this ain't going to get good for Michigan State, I don't believe. I don't think, the schedule does not lend itself to a lot of opportunities. Uh, but when you are allowing Tanner Morgan to complete 23 out of 26 passes for 268 yards and three touchdowns uh, without Chris Altman-Bell, that's when it gets a little... That's when it gets a little dicey. Uh, That Michigan State defense is not good. Not good. Uh, Looking at what they've got coming up, Maryland, Ohio State, Wisconsin, at Michigan, at Illinois, who's... Illinois' defense can stop them. You got Rutgers and Indiana... In there should be able to win those, but I don't. You're going on the road to Maryland. Like we'll see about that passing offense. Uh, Double O'Neill jumps in. I still haven't gotten over it. Fire Tim Plow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I. <laughs> this could get really bad for Michigan State. Uh, I mean, they maybe they compete with Wisconsin. Maybe they can beat Maryland, and then you got Rutgers and Illinois. So then, or Rutgers in, uh, in Indiana, because I don't know that they can beat Illinois. I mean, maybe you can get to six wins. But that's, man, that's a, a far cry from the 11-2 and two last year, right? I mean, that is rough. Uh, yeah, that's a, holy towel jumps in. They get Maryland next week who can throw. Yeah, when that, when that defense uh, can't stop the pass against Minnesota, yeah, this is going to get tricky. It's going to get real tricky. Uh, last one that I wanted to toss on here was James Madison and App State. App State was up 28-10 to 10 at the half. And this looked like just a... just They were going to run away with this thing, right? James Madison, first year in FBS, no real opportunity uh, to, to build up just yet. You know, it's going to take them some time. Uh, nope, this was the letdown spot of all letdown spots. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous. You look at the box score on what happened. Todd Centillo, 16 out of 28, 204 yards, two touchdowns. And then the running game, 46 carries, 172 yards. Uh, But the biggest part was App State. 34 rushes for 63 yards total. Now, they had two touchdowns, but Peebles and Newell couldn't do anything. Chase Bryce was 17 out of 28 for two touchdowns and a pick. Only 235 yards. I, you, you look at this, it makes zero sense. But I think James Madison is really, 
really good this year. Like, they could end up winning the Sun Belt in their first year in the FBS. <laughs> how, how incredible is that? I mean, this story is just nuts. Uh, just crazy. Just crazy. Uh, when you look at what it, what actually ended up happening. I mean, they held App State scoreless in the second half. Just nuts. Just nuts. All right. You guys have been absolutely fantastic. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Um, I appreciate y'all being around because, man, I, I've still got some things that i got to catch up on uh, from what happened yesterday. But another exciting, fantastic week of football games. I can't wait for week five. I mean, we've got some bonkers, bonkers matchups. We've got teams that we did not expect to have losses. Uh, it's it's going to be, we're, we're defining the season every single week. Every week. This is going to be so much fun. Uh, good Lord. But yes, don't forget, the BetUS College Football Show, of course, is on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I will be back here on Winning Cures Everything at 6 p.m. on Tuesday night. Um, let's see. Holy Sal, JMU can't win it, though. Uh, they can't play in the championship game. Yeah, no, no, no. Agreed. Uh, as far as James Madison, I'm saying, like, for them to it, to actually, in the standings, have won the Sun Belt, then that would be incredible, right? I mean, just bonkers. Uh, first year in FBS, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, so, yes, the, uh, da, 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 let's see, they did fire him. Who? They fired who? Who am I missing? Da, 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 da. Hold on, let me, let me dive in. Let me see if there's any breaking news. Hold on. Was it Tim? Did they fire Tim? Oh, yeah, 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 they sure did. I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, Boise. Yeah, Boise fired uh, the offense coordinator. Huh. Dirk Cutter is the OC for the remainder of the season. How interesting. I didn't realize that happened yesterday. All right, so regardless, regardless. Yes, uh, is 82 Atlantic. Is Georgia Tech firing the coach? The board of, yeah, they're, uh, they're having a meeting on Monday, which is strange. Uh, if you go and look at the... Da, 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 da. Let me see what the schedule looks like. I forget who Georgia Tech has next week. Um, not that it necessarily matters, but regardless, uh, looking at the Georgia Tech schedule, let's see. Uh, they're playing at Pittsburgh this week. Um, yeah, this one's going to be. I I think this one's done. I think it's done. I think they're gonna they're gonna get rid of uh, Jeff Collins probably on Monday. But that's an emer that they've called an emergency meeting. Uh, I saw uh, Stephen Godfrey talk about that uh, earlier. So and he he's as tied in as anybody. But the official tweet is, uh, duh, 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 duh. let's see, that wasn't Godfrey that was talking about it. I don't think. Uh, I missed it. Either way, they did call an emergency meeting on Monday. So looks like that's about it for Jeff Collins. Uh, Auburn, it, that probably would have been it had they lost to Missouri. We're going to have more coaching changes sooner rather than later for whatever reason. All right, so finally, we're going to close it out. Close it out. Uh, winningcureseverything.com is the website. Make sure and enter the contest. I will have the new games up by this evening, so make sure that you go and check those out. And along with that, uh, Bet U.S. College Football Show on Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And 
another one he cures everything shows on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, going to be a good time. Going to be a good time. Make sure that you are signed up everywhere you need to sign up. Subscribe. Like the video for me, if you would so kindly. Share it out. Tell your friends about it. All that good stuff. But for now, we're going to dive out of here. We're trying to make these not as long on Sundays. But I appreciate you guys for being here. I appreciate you for always being here and supporting the show. Uh, we try and have a good time with it. Hopefully, you guys do as well. With that said, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully, all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE. And the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.